Greetings and welcome to the Chirping the Cats podcast. David Dwork here with you once again, and look, hey, hockey's back. Uh, it's been back for a couple of weeks now. We've had the uh, development camp and the prospect showcase tournament. Uh, we've had NHL Media Day. Uh, now we've got training camp going on. The preseason is going on. So while the NHL guys, they've only been going for a few days, uh, but there's been enough going on that I wanted to drop an early observations pod and just kind of go over some of the things that I've taken note of so far from the beginning until now. Um, basically, I went through all my notes that I've been taking since the start of development camp up until now, and I condensed it all into a nice little podcast for you. So here we go. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about, and maybe the most obvious thing, but also the most exciting thing, uh, is the top two lines look really very, very good. Uh, that top line of Sasha Barkov between Carter Verhage and Sam Reinhart, it's kind of scary when you think about what this line may be capable of. I mean, off the charts creativity between the three players. You know they're going to possess the puck a lot, whether it's uh, even strength or special teams that are likely to be together a bit. We'll see how that goes. Um, with Carter Verhage, I think his creativity is actually a bit underrated. Uh, we may see some more of that playmaking ability uh, just with the the extra space that he's likely going to have on this line. Uh, so far, and again, it's early, but with Sam Reinhart, he looks really comfortable down low, like in between the circles and those high-danger areas that you hear about. That seems to be where Reinhart has, at least early on, been really looking to, to make some hay. Uh, so overall, I mean, it's kind of a scary top line. And then when you go to the second line, it's almost equally exciting, if not more so, that uh, Huberto Bennett Tippett line with Owen Tippett so far getting the early shot on that second line right wing where he finished off last season. Uh, and the line really seems to have picked up right where it left off. They looked amazing uh, the last five or six games of the season when the three of them are together. I think Bennett missed one or two of those games. Uh, and then they were together for all the playoff games. And, you know, Tippett was on that line. Bennett was suspended, but he was on that line for all the other games. And they just looked ridiculous. I mean, the, the chemistry between Huberto and Bennett, it's it's off the charts. And I mean, we've already seen evidence of that uh, from the first uh, preseason game with that unbelievable assist that Huberto had on Bennett's overtime winning goal when he went between the legs, behind the back, without looking just, you know, ridiculous. Uh, Owen Tippett, he's really growing into a solid winger. You know, this is a former first round pick. He's starting to come into his own now as a professional. Uh, what I like is that you're seeing him use his speed a bit more, and you're seeing him hang on to the puck, which is letting him kind of open up his playmaking wallet and, and spread, some, spread some of that love, some of that talent. We know he's had an unbelievable shot. We've known that for a long time, but we've got to see him moving with the puck. Uh, and, and that's something that we're starting to see as his confidence is growing. So uh, I'm excited to see what else that number two line has to offer as the season goes on. And I really think that the Panthers could, I mean, when it comes to the top six, I mean, maybe we could be talking about maybe the best top six in the NHL. I think that's, uh, that's a statement I'm comfortable making at this point is that they could, they, they should be in the mix and we'll see how it goes as the season goes on. But when you're talking about top two lines, uh, I you know, I'm curious what other ones around the NHL would be as good as that one. So looking beyond the top two lines, you start to see a logjam of forward talent with the Panthers. Uh, there's a lot of guys that would play in the bottom six of many, many teams, and even in the middle six, that are going to have a hard time cracking the Panthers lineup. 
let's just go through some of the names that are going to be in that bottom six or going to be in the mix for that top, that bottom six. You got Frank Vetrano, Joe Thornton, Mason Marchment, Anthony Duclair, Patrick Hornquist, Noah Chari, Ryan Lomberg, Itu Usterainen, Maxime Mammon, Yuho Amico. Those are all guys that you can see in that bottom six mix. And I just named 10 guys. Right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 guys I just named for six spots. And that's not even including Grigory Denisenko, Alexi Heponiemi, Logan Hutsto, Sarah Noel, Cole Schwint, Zach Dalpy, and I also haven't mentioned another name that I'll get to in a second. So it's pretty amazing how much competition the Panthers are going to have at the bottom of their forward ranks for a couple of spots. I mean... Just going back to the bottom six guys that are going to, you know, going to be there. Frank Vetrano, yes. Joe Thornton, yes. Mason Marchment, yes. Anthony Duclair, yes. Patrick Hornquist, yes. That's five right there. Nolachari, you got to think, is going to be in there. So is, who's the odd guy out? Just those are six right there. Vetrano, Thornton, Marchment, Duclair, Hornquist, Achari. Those are six. Now we've got Ryan Lombard, who looks really good in camp so far. It looks like his offensive game is growing. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Lusterainen. He's continued to look good in the middle in the middle of that lineup. Whether he was, you know, at times he had to bump up to the third line center. Uh, solid two way player, Maxine Mammon, size. He really's adapted his game to a more North American style. And Q has talked about him a few times during camp. Yuholemiko, we saw how well he filled in last year on that fourth line as as a center. The one thing that I think this all, you know, the one message that this all delivers, if nothing else is that Charlotte should have a really good AHL team this year because there is going to be some top-end NHL-quality play uh, that's going to be in Charlotte this year. Now, the name that I had that I did not mention among all those names that I just threw at you is Anton Lundell, who you know could end up as a third-line center. He could end up starting the year in Charlotte. We don't know. Uh, he has not played yet during training camp. He... Uh, Tweet some kind of an injury, a small injury, nothing that Coach Q has been really uh, concerned with, at least that he's told the media. Um, but he something happened at the end of the prospect tournament, and he has not skated yet during training camp, uh, during a practice. Uh, Q did say earlier today, and I'm recording this Tuesday night, uh, he did say earlier today that Lindell had done some light skating, that he should be joining regular practices soon. Although when I asked Q... Well, which group is he going to play with? Because earlier today, there was like an NHL group that stated at the BB&T Center, and then there was a group of minor league guys and younger guys, and you could really see the the, the disparage in between the group. And the younger guys stated at uh, Incredible Ice, or the ice then, excuse me, up in Coral Springs. So I asked Q, well, which group will Lindell be with when he does come back? And, you know, Q's, ah, we'll see. You know, that's a horrible Coach Q. But, um basically said you know we'll see what happens when he comes back and um you know we'll have to we'll have to see right i mean what else can i say where it's it's a curious predicament uh it's a nice that the panthers aren't relying on Lundell. like they don't need this guy to be there in that forward group to help the team to another level like you've seen uh panthers teams in years past that relied on young guys to do more than probably they should have uh, so the Panthers can let Lindell develop however it comes naturally to him. Um, he did look really solid during development camp, which was expected. He's He's got really good speed. He takes those big, long strides, so he doesn't have to tire himself out. 
you know, he creates space well for himself, hangs on to the puck, all those good things that we've been hearing about him, uh, that he uses his long reach, uh, that he's really good at hanging on to the puck. I just mentioned the possession. Um, we need to see all this carry over to NHL practices, to preseason games. Like that's that's the next step for Anton Lindell. That's that's when we really start to figure out if you know where he's going to be starting the season. And until that happens, it's just kind of a big question mark. He is, you know, the Riddler of the Panthers right now. And, you know, riddle me this. Where will Anton Lindell start the beginning of the 21-22 season? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. I mean, opening night is October 14th, so that's, what, 16 days from now? So... The good thing with Lundell is like what I just mentioned, is that the Panthers have a roster that's so deep they don't need him to crack the roster. And as much as you would love to see it, if it takes a little bit of time, so be it. It's most likely not going to take the kind of time that we've, we're seeing right now with Owen Tippett, who is starting to come into his own, but it's taken a few years. I mean, Tippett, uh, uh, 2017, I believe, was when he was drafted, if I'm not mistaken. Denisenko, 2018. Knight 2019, Lindell 2020, and then this past year with Mackie in 21. I think that's right. And if it's not, tweet me and yell at me because um, I'm not looking it up. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll see how it plays out with uh, Lindell. So that's kind of the forwards, you know, in, in a nutshell. Um, for the defensemen, I mean, look, the top four is pretty much set. I mean, Ekblad and Weeder is their top pairing. Ekblad, you know, hopefully will be picking up where he left off last year as a Norris Trophy candidate. No reason to think that he won't. He's looked his you know, his usual badass self during training camp. Mackenzie Weeder, he's got the lettuce flowing, and the two of them, you know, they're great buddies off the ice. They make beautiful music together on the ice. I'm curious to see how Coach Q deploys the defenseman uh, special teams-wise. Uh, are the, Is the top power play? Because, look, last year... Uh, as the season went on and into the playoffs, we saw the power play at times with 2D. We saw the power play, you know, when, when Yandel and Ekblad were both here, we had with 2D. When Ekblad went down, it kind of switched a little bit more to 1D again. And and then when we got to the playoffs, it was five forwards. Uh, so, you know, Q has those options. But um, but as far as pairings go, I mean, that's that's your number one and number two. Your, your middle pairing, who's really <laughs> getting a little excited about his uh, Gus Forsling and Brandon Montour, uh, they've looked really good. You know, again, it's limited together, but, you know, they look great during the preseason game against Nashville. Uh, the communication has been solid when they've been skating together on the ice. Uh, you can see that they're often talking to each other on the ice and really trying to work that out. Um, it's an exciting pair, though. It, you know, when you consider, you know, Gus Forsling was a waiver wire pickup you know, about a year ago, January, wasn't it? It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and Montour was the trade deadline pickup. Uh, now both of them new contracts and, uh, you know, looking to make, make uh, a, a mark in their careers here in South Florida. So many others are starting to do. As you saw the deals, you know, as I sidetracked myself, you saw like the Rahegi, Duclair, uh, and so on, all these guys that Zito brought in. Anyway, your top four, it's pretty much lockdown, right? Your bottom four may be a little bit more fluid. You know Radko Gudis is going to be a lock in there. Um, and that kind of leaves you with Marcus Nudavara, Kevin Knuton, and Matt Kirstead likely battling for two spots. Unless, you know, the Panthers end up keeping eight defensemen, to which, you know, maybe the, they, they do. 
It's certainly possible. We know that uh, that Zito has shown he likes to keep a lot of defensemen around. This year, they're not going to have the the luxury of and the flexibility of the uh, taxi squad. So we'll see. I, you know, Nutavara, I thought he really turned a corner late last season. You know, when he was paired up with Brandon Montour, I thought the two of them looked really uh, solid uh, as a pairing late in the year. So we'll see. We'll see if Nutavara can kind of continue that. Um, Kanuden, look, at, at times he really jumps out at you off the ice as a player that does does some positive things, particularly at the offensive blue line. He's very steady in his own end. He knows about positioning. Um, and then sometimes you don't really notice him that much, which, again, as a defenseman, if you're not noticing them, it's not the worst thing because it means they're not bleeping up. And with Matt Kierstead, I mean, this is a guy, Bill Zito loves Matt Kierstead, and he's got tons of upside. He was amazing in college. He chose to sign with Florida, got his seven games in last year. He's a kid that doesn't make many mistakes. He's he's shown some pr- really nice flashes. Um, and I think development will really be the key with Kirstead. And where's the best place for him to do that? Will it be with the Panthers getting occasional game time, getting NHL quality coaching? Or will it be getting a lot of playing time in the AHL? I, I lean towards seeing him in an NHL role this year, at least to start out, to see what they've got. Uh, and again, I wouldn't totally dismiss the idea of 8D sticking around, at least early on. Uh, one guy who I'm not going to sleep on is Noah Juleson. He was picked up, as you remember, uh, also on waivers last uh, training camp, as was Gus Forsling. The difference is Juleson had to deal with some injuries. He was out of the lineup a lot and never really uh, got a chance to show what he could do and you know get his feet set down here in South Florida the way that uh, Forsling really received that opportunity and ran with it. Um, I mean, Juleson, look, he moves well. He, he's got some size and he plays a physical game. Uh, he's probably like the first one in that group, but you've still got the younger guys as well. You've got, you know, the Chase Pristies and, and the Ludvigs that are going to get a lot of playing time in the AHL. And the Panthers, I mean, really, you can kind of see the next set of defensemen come in. And the reason that it's good to have all these young guys that are starting to come into their own the Panthers are going to have to fill some holes with young guys in the next few years. And look, we're not going to get too deep into that right now, but as contracts have to get paid out, you're thinking about Jonathan Huberto, you're thinking about Mackenzie Weeder, uh, and other guys that are going to need deals in the coming years. Uh, there's going to have to be some cuts, you know, it's trimming, trimming the fat or whatever you want to phrase it. And that's when, you know, you're going to have to rely on some of these younger guys on these cheap deals, whether it's their entry-level deals or, you know, lesser end. And they're going to have to play some big roles. So it's good that you already see uh, with the depth that the Panthers have, whether it's at the forward ranks or at the defensive ranks, that they're already building up this stockpile, this young stable of talent that they'll be able to hopefully infuse in the coming years when they need to. All right, so this next part of the pod is um, I just want to highlight a handful of guys that showed up in my notes a lot and uh, enough so that I, I made a little notations for each of them. So I just want to kind of go through it and, you know, these people have been standing out to me or stood out to me uh, to this point. Uh, the first one is Nolachari. He he just always shows up on the ice for good reasons. Uh, he, he looks very physically strong. He's always around the puck. Uh, I love this two-way play, and um, you know, it's it's hard to gauge where he's going to be because like he's been centering a line with Vetrano and Hornquist. It, it's hard it's hard to gauge what 
what Quenville's going to do with Achari, where he's going to find him most useful. Because you think no Achari, you think, okay, fourth line center. But, I mean, Achari has seen time on all four lines in his time in South Florida, and he's played well on all four lines. I mean, it was just a couple of seasons ago where, what do you have, like back-to-back hat tricks. Uh, it's, you know, what whatever ridiculous thing Achari was doing. So he, you know, he can kind of do it all. Uh, where is that going to lead him? You know, you would think he'd be with, like, guys like Lomberg. Uh, I mean, who's going to end up in the bottom of that lineup? I mean, Mason Marchment, Duclair is an interesting idea. Uh, it, it, it's really, it's going to be so weird to see how it all shakes out. And, and in a very good way, because, you know, I keep saying all the depth and and all, all the options that Q has to work with. But, you know, Achari is somebody who I just, I every time I've seen them play, this year, I'm just always noticing him for positive reasons. And that's the kind of guy that you just got to keep in your lineup. Um, Sarah Noel, the youngster, this, he's definitely the best I've seen him look since he's been drafted by the Panthers. I mean, he's always obviously had the size and he's always had the rep as a good skater. And he's the smooth skating has certainly uh, followed him to this level, but he's really growing into his frame uh, in terms of utilizing his great skating ability and his size at the same time he's using his size better than i've seen before he's winning board battles he's muscling guys off the puck he's drawing penalties in the offensive zone you can see the confidence growing you can see the longer this guy hangs onto the puck the more he's able to do he was showing off some dangles a bit and even had a few nice plays in the defensive zone so i was just really excited uh, to see the jump from noel so far whether or not he makes the nhl squad we'll see but He's wherever he ends up this year, I'll be tracking him pretty closely because if he can continue to ascend and go onto that path, I mean, if a guy with his size can make a difference in an NHL role, well, you know, whatever it is, bottom six, middle six, wherever, uh, you don't really see guys that big that can that can move the way Sarah Noel moves. So I I really hope that he continues on this path. But so far, it's been great to see him. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about the the defensive pairing of Gus Forsling and Brandon Montour. Um, you know, just to kind of dive into that a little bit further, Forsling has looked like an offensive stud so far. Tons of confidence that he's playing with. Uh, the way that he's been moving the puck at the offensive blue line, like a forward, like the way that he's moving around with it, moving his feet, swaying his hips, keeping his hands going quickly. It's really fun to watch, and I, I hope it carries over. Uh, to the regular season he's moving around the offensive zone a lot I, you can you can see that he kind of has that freedom whether the coaching staff said something to him and said go ahead and do your thing or it's just a confidence thing and this is his game evolving on its own uh it, it's been fun to watch so far you, you hope that uh the defensive play and the ascension of the offensive play can can be matched in the defensive zone and, and you know we'll see how that plays out he said we he spoke earlier today actually and he said he feels stronger than ever heading into this season and that he worked a lot on his skating during the summer um but ultimately you know he told me that he's ready to take that next step that that was the one thing that i that i asked him today was you know it's been pretty remarkable the way that last season went for him how do you build on that you know but from being a waiver wire pickup to signing a brand new three-year contract what's next and he said he's ready to take that next step he's ready to take his game to the next level so it's exciting to think about and then the guy he's paired up with Brandon Montour I mean he's been a solid guy throughout his NHL career um and you know maybe a little bit of the the Buffalo Blues that that happened when you end up on a, on a shitty team for a few years but 
Um, he's been showing off his mobility in all three zones. I, I think he was, he didn't get enough credit for some of his defensive zone play last year. Um, his positioning was solid. I love that he uses his body a bit more, but now he's showing some of that confidence moving the puck, looking for those quick outlets. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him hang on to the puck a little bit more, but again, uh, you don't know what they're working on in, on any particular day. So, no. Um, and one thing that he did say was that his communication with Forsling is something that they're both working on. And as I mentioned earlier, you can see them talking to each other a lot on the ice, um, putting in a lot of effort to get there. Um, but th- that's just a really exciting um, pairing that, that you know, I think most Panthers fans would be pretty pumped to see, you know, how good they can be. Uh, the next guy on my list, uh, Ryan Lomberg. He looks faster. I mean, he was already fast. And, I mean, we saw glimpses and, you know, bits and pieces of it last year. But um, I feel like I'm noticing him all the time. Uh, you know, whether, wherever, they, you know, whether it was practice or uh, or during the, the games that they played. Um, I mean, he was already a solid two-way player. Like, we knew that. Uh, but he really looks like he's poised to make an offensive jump this year. And, like, he Lombard spoke today as well, and I particularly asked him about, you know, are you growing that part of the game? Has that been a focus of you? And he said it's absolutely been something that he wants to improve on this year, that he likes being, a you know, one of those reliable checking players that does all those important intangible things, but he wants to add more to his game. Uh, he wants to show the coaching staff and management that, he will help this team win, that he is a winner, and that having him in the lineup will make the team a winning team. And that's what he that's kind of the message that he wants to convey is uh, that he can help this team uh, reach the mountaintop. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe getting a, a playoff overtime goal is, you know, helped spark that fire inside of him. Um, but he's been getting a lot of pucks to the net, which is never a bad thing. And uh, look, if you can if you can take that feisty, you know, the the kind of player that you love to have on your team that Lomberg has been and you can add some offensive touch to that you know just make it even harder to figure out how this bottom six is gonna is gonna roll out for coach Q uh, one of the one of the young guys that uh but from the development camp straight to the preseason game that just I noticed more and more and more and, and it makes sense uh how his week played out was uh Justin Sourdiff he got the three-year contract his ELC which was awesome for him he was really excited to talk to us about it. Um, he does not play like a kid that is now going to be playing, the, you know, for the next few months in the WHL. He looked like somebody that was pro ready. It was pretty impressive. Really smart hockey IQ in the offensive zone. He always knew where he needed to be. He was always looking to get in the right position and often creating scoring chances off of that. Uh, he had a great motor. He was constantly moving his feet, constantly trying to. You know, he was directing traffic in the offensive zone, whether he was behind the net, jumping in the front of the net, getting back to the boards. Uh, it was just really fun watching him move around. Uh, he also had a good burst. Uh, his acceleration was pretty strong. And like I said, uh, he just wasn't playing like a WHL kid. It looks like he was uh, had graduated from that lead. So, um, you know, depending how the WHL season goes, how he's going to be on the Vancouver Giants. So, uh, you know, probably a playoff team. They were pretty good last year. Uh, I believe WHL season ends around late May. So, you know, if there'd be even time for him to make a pro debut this season, I don't know. But if the scheduling allows it to happen, it certainly would not surprise me to see uh, him finish out the year uh, as a professional, whether, you know, not not with the Panthers, probably not uh, AHL. 
would be a more likely spot if it goes that route. I don't know. But it just, by virtue that I'm saying these things, uh, it just shows how impressed I was uh, with the way that I saw his game continue to improve. So good on Justin, and uh, I'll be definitely keeping an eye on him in Vancouver, the WHL this year. Um, a few other younger guys that stood out to me. Uh, one of them was the defenseman, Max Gildon. Uh, really good positioning in the defensive zone, and it's hard not to it's hard to to miss somebody with that size. Six three, uh, one ninety four. Um, he moves really well without the puck, which is what I liked. He always seemed to be playing with confidence and just like he he knew where he should be out there. And, and obviously, a good physical game as well. So, you know, he'll more than likely be starting his season in AHL Charlotte. As is uh, Logan Hutzko who, I mean, he was great during his time at Boston College. Now comes pro. He, he definitely showed up during camp. He's got that great hockey IQ, and he showed off that vision uh, during the development camp. He's got a nose for the net, right? Uh, that's you know something that people have been saying about Hutzko, and he certainly uh, was true uh, from what I saw this year. He put a lot of pucks on net, and uh, he was strong on the puck. It was really hard to get it off his stick when he had it. Um, so, uh, you know, he's just one of these guys I'm going through right now that it's just going to be really exciting to see, hopefully, uh, exciting to see how, uh, how their careers continue to, to progress. Now, Justin Nockbauer, uh, I honestly, I had no idea who this guy was, uh, when camp started and I apologize to you, Justin, but boy, oh boy, uh, do I know who he is now? I mean, you want to talk about a nose for the puck. He played really well off of his line mates and, and that, that whole unit was just really impressive. Um, he's got a heavy shot, which I like. He finds the soft spots in the offensive zone. He do, he kind of does what I saw a lot of Owen Tippett doing in the AHL uh, over the last couple of years or two years ago when he was in the AHL. Uh, a lot of those goals were coming on easy backdoor, or, you know, finding soft spots in the high slot. Uh, just the smart hockey player offensively, and that you saw a lot of that from Knock Bauer this year. So good for him, and uh, it will be very fun watching. Uh, be keeping an eye on him now for sure. <laughs> um. Braden Hache looked very strong on his skates. Another huge defenseman. He's 6'3". He's over 200 pounds already. Um, for such a young guy, uh, he, he was really smart with the puck on his stick in the defensive zone. And uh, he used his size well. And, I mean, he's still a teenager, so we're, it's going to be fun to watch him grow. Um, and then finally, um, Grigory Denisenko. Not the youngest of guys, but uh, he's coming along. You know, you always love the physicality that you see from Grigory. Uh, his position has gotten better, but, you know, I, I got to be honest, he still kind of gets lost out there at times. And I'll stare at him, I'll watch him in a shift, and, you know, I'll do the ISO in my head, and it's just, you know, he, he's still not quite there yet with the with the North American game for whatever reason. He's really good along the boards, whether he with or without the puck. But when he gets into space, not so much. So, you know, there's still things for him to work on, but he's got so much skill in his hands, and he does have a really accurate shot. So no reason to think he won't get there eventually. He's just still got, got a little ways to go before he gets there. Um, earlier today, a, a few of the kids were sent to junior. Uh, Evan Noss, uh, Hache, who I just mentioned, Sourdiff, who I spoke about before, the three of them were sent back to their junior teams. So the Panthers training camp roster is at 44 now, 26 forwards, 13D, and the five goaltenders. So we'll see uh, you know, as we get a little bit deeper into the preseason and training camp and all that. Uh, how uh, how Q starts trimming down the roster. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to wrap up the podcast with, because uh, with, I'm a crazy goalie, I'm going to do it, but uh, I'm going to wrap it up with my first week of training camp goaltending prediction. And it's the first week of training camp, so it's way too early, and I could be totally wrong, but 
you know, it's my podcast and I want to talk a little bit about goaltending. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, my prediction is that when the playoffs get here, it's Spencer Knight. He's going to be the guy. And he's just so calm. He's so relaxed in goal. I have to f- remind myself of his age sometimes just because of how how stoic, how smooth, how focused he is. How he does not get rattled. Uh, almost no unnecessary movements out there. Uh, and it just what really impresses me is this combination of strength and body control, uh, particularly in the lower half of his body. Like when, when a goalie has to push to get from side to side, it usually takes a big push to get there, which makes it really hard to stay in position. And he is so good at staying square to the puck, no matter how hard he has to push or how far he has to travel from one side of the crease to the other. Uh, it, it's really impressive. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, Sergey Bobrovsky pushes Knight and Knight pushes Bob and, and Florida ends up with this really solid 1A, 1B situation. Uh, you know, maybe a little less pressure on Bob will will help him. Maybe a little less of the focus and kind of letting him not be the focal point as the Panther, you know, this big, you know, $10 million a year contract that he signed and all of that focus was on him for the first couple of years. So maybe a, a little a little less focus will be good. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Bob is a very competitive guy. Uh, he's looked fine during training camp so far. Absolutely nothing, nothing to think that he's not going to be good. And, uh, you know, I mean... We'll see how it shakes out. I also just wanted to say, not that, you know, Sergey, if you're listening, uh, congratulations on uh, the being a father-to-be. Sergey Borovsky and his wife, Olga, are expecting their first child uh, later this year. So super excited for them and uh, just a congratulations uh, as maybe a new member of the goal union soon to be joining us. So anyway... That's all I've got for this episode of the Chirping the Cats podcast. Uh, I hope uh, my ramblings were entertaining and maybe you learned a little something. And uh, overall, I just hope you enjoyed the listen. Uh, The Panthers have a couple weeks left of preseason games to get to before we finally get to opening night, which is on October 14th against the Penguins, which, as I said earlier, just uh, 16 days from now. Uh, And yeah. Just a reminder to all of you, thank you again for listening, and to please check out my uh, Panthers coverage on Local10.com, or you can get it also on the Local10 app, which can be downloaded from any of your favorite app stores. Got the the iPhone, the Android, all that good stuff. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at David Dwork, uh, for my daily coverage of the Panthers, which has certainly been ramping up a bit now that there's everyday Panther coverage and they're playing hockey again, and it's awesome. So, yeah, thank you everyone for listening to this uh, latest episode of the Chirping the Cats podcast. If you haven't already, uh, hit the subscribe button. Please leave me a nice rating. I do appreciate those kind words. And uh, until next time, everybody, as always, please just stay safe, take care of yourselves, be kind, and stay cool.